Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they truly make it happen for us, and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Your first workout's free at mandu.com. Wilson County Hyundai, if you need a new car, simply head out to Lebanon at wilsoncountyhyundai.com to get all of their services and inventory. Calvin and Subtle to improve your house with new hardwood floors and finishings. They are at calvinandsubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. And speaking of the Bone and Joint Institute, today at 4 p.m., we will have our Doc Talk segment with Dr. Jeff Watson, who is a foot specialist, and we will be talking to him not just about Carson Wentz's foot surgery, but also Quentin Nelson's foot surgery with the Indianapolis Colts, as the Colts have had a rough week when it comes to feet and broken bones with their important players who will be out 5 to 12 weeks. So 4 p.m. Central Time, right where you're watching right now, Zach and I with Dr. Jeff Watson of the Bone and Joint Institute. That should be a fascinating conversation because we've got now two players that are an offensive lineman and a quarterback on how they're going to rehab. Does it take longer for one position than the other based off of what their position requires them to do athletically? I mean, I have so many questions already for Dr. Watson. So get ready. Yeah, and, and the intriguing part is, is that you have probably the Colts' best offensive player in Quentin Nelson. No, a best player on the roster. Fair. Uh, yes. Darius Leonard is badass. I think he's very So underrated. is the force but, partner, but Quentin Nelson is probably the best, one of the best top three interior linemen in the entire NFL. Yeah, he's he's up there with Zach Martin. Yeah. So I, I I think, so best player, all right, I'll give you that, and most important player. <laughs> yeah, quarterback of the best. Life yeah. comes at you fast. Yeah, Bobby just says uh, the Colts hired noted foot expert Rex Ryan to take a look, and then uh, Rob says. <laughs> all <laughs> right, Rob. Said, Rob, Rob gets the love of the show. That was that. Bobby. Bobby said that. And then uh, Rob said the Colts should get a foothold on there on their practices. But I mean, So, look, look, we come full circle. Bobby got destroyed for his dumbass comment yesterday. <laughs> now he's getting the love of the show. I don't hold grudges, right? So that's fair. Bobby, you have totally redeemed yourself oh. with that type of comment that almost made me spit off my coffee based on Rex Ryan's foot fetish. Yeah, so, that was good. Well, Done there, Bobby. Yes. Uh, and as Buck would say, I Ron Burgundy that comment. I didn't read it before I showed it on the screen, which made it, I think, even better for what Bobby commented there. All right, but but we got to get over to Shane Bowen and really what happened yesterday after Titans practice. Shane Bowen met with the media for the first time of training camp. It's the first time I've seen Shane Bowen speak in person in like almost two years, but he's already he's officially the Titans defensive coordinator. This year, he was not having that title last year. And uh, uh, John Glennon did a good job of asking this question the right way because Glennon asked the question of, now that you have the official title, how does it work for practice and in the meeting rooms that you don't just have to focus on being a position coach for one group? And this is what Bowen said about actually being the defensive coordinator so far this year. How have you 
you know, been able to do different things without having to worry about a specific position? Yeah, I mean, I've been able to bounce around meeting rooms. Again, I think it goes back, and you guys heard it a lot last year, like the coordination, the communication, making sure everybody's on the same page, right? And now if the DB sees something one way, I can immediately walk in the linebacker room and say, hey, man, this is what we're thinking. This is how they see it, right? So everybody sees things the same ways. We're communicating things the same way. So I think that's been a tremendous uh, asset, being able to bounce room to room. Also being able to understand and make sure, like, we're getting coached what we want coached, right? Like, that's part of it. Like, I want to make sure they're, they're hearing what we want. And then when we go in the unit room, they better be able to spit it back. And I know they got that covered, right? Um, and then obviously out in the field, just being able to touch all those guys. But I think building the relationships with the guys, like that's a big part of it. Um, that last year, I don't think was there. Where I think this year it's growing and that's becoming uh, a bigger piece for me. John just said that guys feel more comfortable with you in year two. The fact that your role was actually clearly defined this offseason, do you think that has helped clearly define a lot of their roles? Yes, absolutely. I do. I, I think it's helped. Um, I think just with with everybody, with the coaching staff, with the players. Um, I think it's been good up to this point. They kind of understand where the buck stops, and that's, it is what it is. So I'm excited for the opportunity. I really am. I'm excited the ways these, these guys are going about working right now and kind of what we're trying to get accomplished on defense. Uh, so, Zach, there's a lot to unpack from that 90 seconds of Shane Bowen. Titans for Life says he seems a little more defensive, almost like he's heard what's been said in the media. I don't think he was defensive. I thought – through the entire press conference, Shane Bowen answered the questions the right way and basically confirmed what we all were talking about that was missing from this defense last year was that he was focused on being the outside linebackers coach all week long, then having to be calling the plays on Sunday and the communication, the coordination, two words that he used right there, words that Kevin Byard used several times last season. It was, it was a, it was a disaster last year from that standpoint. This year, it's already off to a better start. I mean, what was your reaction to Shane Bowen there? So, you know, I think we have to decide between excuses or reasons, right? Like, like I get the COVID thing. Like, right, everybody changed, and, and it made everybody's life a lot more difficult. But, you know, they were really bad, and – you know, you. I, I think that they will be better this year because of how bad they were last year. Uh, but yeah, I'm still trying to, to decipher whether this is an excuse or a reason. And then yeah. I'll I'll, t- I'll take it one more step further, Austin. Okay. And this is this is a I think a bigger deal. And we I think we have a good question for this section of the show, and that is, does Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen's defense work? That's well, it, that, that, and and listen because Dean Pease's defense we realized worked. We know that. We saw yeah, that. Yes. Dating back to the Houston Texans, we don't really know if Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen's defense works. That's look, that's fair. You know, the Titans had Hall of Fame Super Bowl level defensive coordinators uh going from uh, you know, Dick LeBeau all the way to the, the first D coordinator that, that Vrabel hired there. But again, like, uh, I, is excuse a reason? Like, I think it's a reason for Shane Bowen's issues as the first-year play caller. When Dean Pease was doing things, Mike Vrabel was having his input on it, but Dean Pease was calling those plays, and Dean Pease was the, was the actual defensive coordinator all week long and on Sundays. 
For me, it's an absolute reason why they were struggling so much is that Shane Bowen was not set up well to do the job that he was supposed to do on game day, and that's not Shane Bowen's fault. Well, the problem is you still have the same head coach. No, no, and that's and, and so Mike Vrabel, that's all on Mike Vrabel's broad-ass shoulders. And look, Mike Vrabel has done so many good things in his three seasons as Titans head coach, and now going into year four, there's a big um, opportunity for him to fix the issue that was last year. And I put the I put it on Mike Vrabel that the defense was so bad last year because of how he did not allow his he did not set up his players and his coaches for success. And Monsoon, you're right, COVID didn't help either. Yeah, you're right. Like in the hardest year of anybody to be able to communicate. Like for everybody, whether you're a football coach, your your daily job, your career, whatever it might be, communication was more difficult last year. Then you make it nearly impossible for that guy to do his job. You, you make it where he's focused on outside linebackers because he's the outside linebacker coach, and then he can't float around and practice. Like now he's doing what he's been hired to do now. Last year, he was not able to do that. Look, in very simple terms, life is easier this year with the ability to coach compared to how you had to coach and were forced to coach last year Zach, in the Titans e situation. Zach, Zach, life is easier this year for Shane Bowen because he actually has the title to be able to execute the job that he had last year. His job last year was to call plays on Sundays. His title last year was outside linebacker. His title this year is defensive coordinator where somebody else is handling outside linebackers and he can actually do the job that his title supports. Look, I am open-minded. Just like I gave Bobby the love of the show to start the show after I, I, I ripped him yesterday. I am open-minded to give Shane Bowen an opportunity to improve this defense with the different players he had from a year ago. Different position, right? Because he's now defensive coordinator and different players. The fact still remains, Mike Vrabel is the head coach. And if sure. we do agree that the deficiency of the defense was a lot because of Mike Vrabel and the players, right? Like, I, the, the writing was on the wall. They got rid of a ton of starters on that yes. defense yeah. Yeah. because they didn't feel like they were adequate to play the type of defense that they need to play to win a Super Bowl or make a playoff run. Can Shane Bowen get the most out of these guys this year with the title he now has? All right, there's a lot of really good comments that I want to get to, and then we'll ask our question. But I, I do want to read your guys' comments because – uh, good points are being brought up by, by many people, but first let me tell you guys about man, do the pulse of fitness, one 15 minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room, man, Your first workout is free guys. If you haven't uh, tried it yet, go do it. It's free. It takes 15 minutes. You go in there, you put the suit on, you get sprayed with the water. You got the vest and the shorts on that hook you up with the electrodes across your muscle groups. And then you get a great workout in you're sweating. You'll feel it. You'll be sore. You're going to build actual functional strength target that had hard to burn body fat, and then achieve your fitness goals. Mandu can help you out with that. Mandu.com, your first workout, is absolutely free. Also, BetMGM. We are powered by BetMGM. This morning show is code ATOZ Sports for new users. A risk-free $600 bet. Cannot beat that. Download the app today in the App Store as football season approaches tomorrow. 
Pads will be popping. Now, we may not know who they are because it'll be second, third, fourth, and fifth string players, but Hall of Fame game. That's right. Cowboys Steelers. That's awesome. We love that. BetMGM. Download the app today. Use that promo code right there on the screen. All right. So I got a few comments to read before I want to ask the question. Uh, Card Titans Grizz says, What does it say that everyone except Vrabel thought it was a bad idea to not name a defensive quitter? Great point. Absolutely great point. Uh, and then and we, all rip, and, and we all ripped Vrabel from the beginning of the season, middle of the season, and the end of the season, whether it was media members or whether it was fans. I, I don't even know. I don't know. I can't tell you what the coaching staff was thinking because the defense was failing and Vrabel was trying his best to keep it together. But I agree with that. We all knew what the problem was. But then Vrabel kind of admitted it at the end of the season, but was like, why did you guys think it was such a big deal? And like, I never understood that. Yeah, it was very strange. And uh, then Ronnie says, it's like Vrabel didn't want to run, it didn't want Bowen to run his defense. Uh, Lane adds, excuse me, Lane adds, it's almost like Vrabel wanted to be the D D coordinator, but didn't want to call the plays. It, It was weird. And then Chris says, do you think it was Vrabel's ego? I mean, yeah, Mike Vrabel has an ego. Every NFL head coach has an ego. Most NFL coaches, position coach or whatever have egos. It's just how do they check themselves and do they have somebody there? And Vrabel was the was uh, the CEO of the football team and the defense, and the defense sucked, and now he has hired Shane Bowen to carry out that. And I will repeat what I said at the beginning of the show. We will find out this year – if Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen's defense from Houston is worth a damn, because there's no more excuses, right? Mike Vrabel called the uh, did the defense last year. Shane Bowen's doing the defense this year. There were different players last year. There are different players this year. There yeah. are no excuses now. There are only reasons. So this year is the true test to find out if if this defense can work. I know right. we all knew Dean Peens' defense was going to work. That right. was but, proven. Yeah, yeah. So DJ says, is it wrong to think Vrabel's a great coach, but a bad D coordinator? I haven't seen his unit successful when he calls the plays. Yeah. I think Mike Vrabel's a better head coach than he was a coordinator. He was probably a really good position coach too. Like I, I think Mike Vrabel's a successful head coach and there's, there's, you can't argue that he's one, He's two and two in the playoffs, I guess, in his three years as a head coach. Went to the AFC title game and done a really good job with a lot of different things. Last year was his mistake on the confusion and the lack of the defensive coordinator hire to not allow Shane Bowen to succeed at his job on game days. And that's no a doubt hard about pill that. to swallow with a defensive-minded head coach. No doubt. I agree. I agree. So now let's ask this question, Zach. Because uh, Cody brought it up. Cody says that he actually feels a little bit better about Shane Bowen now after hearing that. So we'll ask everybody, has your confidence in Shane Bowen as Titans D coordinator increased or stayed the same? So has it increased or stayed the same? Zach, I'll go ahead and get these get these uh, answers started. After watching Shane Bowen yesterday, and I was there at that press conference, uh, it increased. And I looked at Luke afterwards. I was like, yeah, I mean, that felt good. I looked at Buck said the same thing. And Luke was admitting how wrong he was about the hire of Shane Bowen, that Shane Bowen deserves another opportunity. And how he's been able to operate in this defense through the first week of training camp is has impressed me. And the defense in training camp has looked very good. And we'll talk about that in my training camp notes a little later on in the show. But I like the way the defense is trending. And I there was a moment yesterday in practice where Shane Bowen, 
at the top of his lungs. Shane Bowen's been a quiet guy for his time in Nashville. All of a sudden, Shane Bowen erupted with anger, whatever it was, but he was he was getting after somebody, and I'm not going to name who it was because I'm not allowed to do that, but Shane Bowen stepped up with his voice, and you saw him take charge. He saw something he didn't like in a team drill, and he, and he voiced his displeasure with what happened in that situation. And I, and I was even before his press conference and I was like, Whoa, I have not seen that from Shane Bowen. And I I thought that was a good move and a good thing for me to see and a good press conference afterwards. So I, my confidence has increased in Shane Bowen ever since he was hired. All right. I think that's fair. And and you've seen that with your own two eyes. Let's go to the comment section. Monsoon says increased. Uh, Baffert says not sure. Yes, which yet. is fair. Same. Gotta see from Rob. Increase from Scott. Definitely increase from Aaron. Increased by only fifteen percent from Jonathan. I'll believe it when I see it from Fude seventy nine. Right. That's. I, I think that's a fair comment as well. Uh, stayed the same from Nate. Stayed the same from Donald. Stayed the same from Louis. But then we got. A string of increase. Cody, Johnny, and Lane all says increase. And Lane says due to a better front four, which is also true. So we got some smart comments coming in there. Stayed the same low confidence from J-Rome and uh, a buku of, of other. And, and Kim at least admits she's on the fence. I, this is a tough question, right? Well, especially because, like, Zach, you haven't been to practice and fans haven't been to practice. And I, 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 my increase, my increase in confidence has a lot to do with better understanding of last year's situation and what was probably holding Shane Bowen back and how that has been fixed. At least from like the logistical standpoint that they were so bad last year because of players and the lack of a D coordinator for lack of communication and coordination. And they have swapped, flipped the players. I'm seeing better defensive play in practice, but then just knowing that Shane Bowen actually is set up to do his job the right way means a lot to me. And so that's where I feel more confident being able to go out and say, yes, I feel better about this. All right. So this is kind of where I'm at. I I think that the communication will improve because of logistics, right? I mean, we know that I could communicate better face to face than I can through text message. Right, okay, or K, right? That 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 you could decipher that a lot. Yeah, different- was there a period after it? Is lot, that you know? There's a lot, lot of different, different ways you can do it. A lot of different ways. I also think that the new players uh, help Shane Bowen, sure. and from where he's starting, because you're 28th, 29th in team defense. I think that Bud Dupree will be better this year than Jadeveon Clowney and Vic Beasley combined. Uh, that helps. Harley. He's surprised me that he's practiced this early. So that's that's something. But then I'm held back by my philosophy is, I don't know if this defense can work. It's not a proven commodity. It was not proved in Houston. It hasn't been proved the last year uh, when Dean Pease has not been a part of it. I, I applaud Mike Vrabel for going out when he was hired and getting a veteran defensive coordinator so he didn't have to worry as much about the defense and he could concentrate on figuring out whether Marcus Mariota was worth a damn. Well, he figured out he wasn't, and he moved on from him. So bravo to Mike Vrabel there. 
but I've stayed the same because I pros and cons and they've evened each other out. I've stayed the same. I am not, I have not gone backwards. I've not said, uh, I, I will give Shane Bowen a, a shot. I was very critical of the hire. I thought that Mike Vrabel needed to go outside and get a veteran defensive coordinator like he did with Dean Pease. You're not going to be able to replace a Dick LeBeau, Dean Pease type. I get that. But instead, he went with his guy in-house, a guy that he'd known from Ohio State and Houston, a buddy, the buddy system. Will his buddy work out? I'm still in question of that. So I'm I'm stayed the same. That's fair. But open-minded. Uh, yeah, I just think um, at the very, very least, Shane Bowen deserved this opportunity set up this way. He needed a fair shot. Yes, and last year was not a fair shot. This year is an actual fair shot. And so now, as Cody says, accountability is necessary and sounds like there wasn't any last year. Knowing Bowen is a singular voice at the top definitely helps the structure. And accountability means that if they suck again and Shane Bowen's not a good play caller, Maybe Shane Bowen's a great coach Wednesday through Friday, but if he's a bad play caller, it doesn't matter. But now there's accountability, and we know who to blame because last year we didn't really know. We didn't know. We we thought Shane Bowen was calling plays, but it wasn't on the record by Vrabel or by Bowen or by anybody on who was doing it until later on in the year. And also, when we talk about accountability, I also bring up some disappointment. And my disappointment is, is in Big Ten Buckeye Jeff. Big Ten Jeff says Shane Bowen wasn't at Ohio State. Big Ten Buckeye Jeff, know your guys, bro. Shane Bowen was a graduate assistant at Ohio State in 2012, while Mike Vrabel was a defensive line coach in 2012. That's where they made their connection. Big Ten Jeff, you're better than that, bro. So you should know your Ohio State uh Know your GAs, Jeff. Come on. Lineage. (laughs) Know your GAs. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, Big Ten Jeff. I had to call you out there because I I I do this for Austin. I do this for a living. Jeff Jeff says I'm supposed to know a GA when I'm in high school. If you're a fan of the team, you know the GAs, Jeff. (laughs) If you comment, (laughs) you have left it open for criticism. Yes. Right? If you don't know, don't say nothing. If you don't know, keep your mouth shut. It's the same philosophy. It's okay. And look, (laughs) Jeff, you can get the love of the show tomorrow, possibly. Bobby redeemed himself from a stupid comment yesterday. So I'm I'm open-minded Zach, and I usually am not doing that. But I'm feeling okay this week. So there you go. Uh, that was a uh, very funny, very funny moment there uh, from Jeff, from Jeff and Zach. All right, let's move on to our next topic. Where Sean Evans perfectly describes Julio Jones. We'll play that video here in a second, but first, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, Calvin and Subtle is where you need to go to get your hardwood floors. 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsubtle.com. Big Ten Jeff, knock on wood if you're with me. Hey. Jeff's with me. You guys should be with me. Everybody's with me when it comes 
to brand new hardwood floors. Rip up that carpet that's just been sitting there rank stank for however, however long and replace with brand new hardwood floors. Your wife will absolutely love the idea and it's cost effective and they will do it in due time. That's the best part. And due time means one to two weeks after you pick out your perfect hardwood flooring. Go to CalvinAndSoto.com. They do finishings. They do hardwood. They've got you covered. 615-448-6414 or again, online at CalvinAndSuttle.com. A to Z Sports, we are powered every morning by BetMGM. Got rocking the BetMGM shirt this morning. Use our promo code ATOZ Sports when you download the app and make your first deposit. That's ATOZ Sports, and you get a risk free bet up to 600 bucks with that first deposit and your first bet. Take full advantage of what BetMGM is going to be doing this football season with innovative parlays, uh, one game parlay. I mean, they, they do everything fantastic there at BetMGM. Boosted odds specials. They, if you're in the state of Tennessee, they will localize your boosted odds specials specifically for your favorite teams. BetMGM, download the app, use that code ATOZ Sports. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Redline at 800 889 9789. Here live on this Wednesday, uh, Rashawn Evans beautifully described Julio Jones yesterday when he was asked uh, what he, if he'd ever come across Julio Jones when he goes back to Tuscaloosa to work out in the offseason, two Alabama guys who did not overlap in their playing careers. But Rashawn basically was talking about Julio Jones, how he was viewed by Alabama players when Julio was wrecking the NFL in Atlanta. Funny answer here. Yeah, I mean, every now and then I would see Julio. You know, Julio was like a mythical creature when he was out there in Atlanta, man. He, we, we knew exactly who he was, what he did, but we never got a chance to really see him. But now that I, you know, he's here now, man, it's been amazing. Uh, they t- had that type of player in the locker room and had that type of talent out here on the football field and watch how he practices. I mean, it just kind of to show you exactly why he is who he is. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to make sure for me as a player that, you know, just watch those things, um, you know, use some of the, the things that he's told me as well um, and try to pass them down onto younger guys. Um, and just having him, like I said, man, he's, he's a, a phenomenal player, future Hall of Fame player. And, you know, just having him on the team, it just makes your team even that much better. The mythical creature Julio Jones. I mean, that's – it makes sense. Like, I – all those Alabama wide receivers that have come out top 10, first round draft pick year after year, breaking records, it all started with Julio Jones. Julio was the number one guy that started this run on Alabama wideouts. And he is kind of that mythical creature because he keeps so much to himself. He doesn't practice that much, Zach. Like he did like a handful of drills and team drills, landed funny, went inside, and then was just like, ah, I don't need to practice today and didn't practice the next day, which was yesterday. So we'll see if he's out there again today. But, I mean, Julio Jones is phenomenal to watch. He is a beast of a human being. And I thought that was a great way to put it, mythical creature. No, I think it's a perfect way to describe him because he's a known commodity. But, as you said, he keeps to himself. He's not big on social media. He he does his job. Everybody knows he's great, right? He's a He is known as an unbelievable top 10, top five wide receiver and has been throughout the course of his career. And I think that this gives just such a boost. Shane Bowen was asked about him yesterday, right? Is And this has to help. The Titans have not had this type of receiving core ever in the ever. history of their franchise, right? Ever. 
And so in practice, what and Julio, I, I think elevates everybody's game, right? It's like Tom Brady. We saw Tom Brady practice in person a couple of years ago when he was with New England. He elevates and holds everybody accountable just with his presence. Now, Brady is more vocal, which I feel like, you know, Tom Brady, he's the greatest of all time. Julio Jones, probably still well, in question of the greatest no, of all well, time. I'll say that. I'll say, Julio's not loud, but he's still vocal. Like, like you can, there's, that's different. Like, Tom Brady's loud and vocal. Julio Jones, when you watch him interact with the, the other wide receivers, he's, He's putting him through it. He's helping him through drills and talking about nuances of certain routes. Like, so he's very vocal. He's just not loud over the top like quarterbacks really need to be. And I'm really interested to see what the trickle down effect is because in, in Bowen's press conference, he said week one against the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to have to go up against some pretty good wide receivers. Now, he didn't mention DeAndre Hopkins, but that's who he was talking about, was that you're going to have to go up against DeAndre Hopkins, who may be one, two best wide receivers in the league. I personally think he's one, but Devontae Adams has something to say about that. I, this is going to help this defense. It has to. Yeah, yeah. Dom says, I know y'all wouldn't believe it, but DJ Hall had more yards than Julio Bama. Good trivia answer. Oh, we know that because we had a trivia about Alabama leading receivers and I had DJ Hall in there. I know all about DJ Hall rocking that number 22 as a wide receiver. But anyway, Julio Jones has changed a lot of things and people are asking about uh, whether he got hurt or not uh, a couple days ago. So Monday, during a red zone drill, uh, Julio Jones went up to catch. He should have caught a touchdown pass from Tannehill. Ends up dropping it in the back of the end zone. Fell funny. Got up. Was kind of slow to go back to the sideline. Trainer came over, stood on the sideline. After that period ended, he goes inside, and we didn't see him out there yesterday. But Mike, but what we know about Mike Vrabel, that doesn't mean that Julio Jones is hurt. Like just because he wasn't out there yesterday doesn't mean he's hurt. Vrabel was asked specifically is Julio okay? And Vrabel said, sure. And then, you know, he talked to the trainers, felt like that that was enough for the day. And uh, they went inside and we'll see if he's out there tomorrow. Like it's no big deal. Mike Vrabel is going to take that very slow with every veteran player. And AJ Brown's the same way. I'm sure AJ Brown will get a day off in the next, uh, at some point this week. And I'm sure Tannehill will get a day off at some point as well. So, I wouldn't read too much into Julio Jones not practicing yesterday after leaving practice earlier the day before. Yeah, training camp monitor. You know, you got to, they have to do that. They will continue to do that. And veterans get preferential treatment, especially if they have tweaks. They should. It's how yeah. it's always been. And it's just getting even more as the time goes by and the practices get less and less. Yeah, uh, Don, they're not off today. They practice today. They're off tomorrow on Thursday. Then they practice Friday and Saturday before being off again on Sunday. So, uh, look, good good description from Rashawn Evans about Julio Jones. Now let's flip it. Let's talk about Rashawn Evans a little bit because he's going into a contract year, big year after a disappointment season, disappointing season last year. What do you expect from Rashawn Evans this year? That's just that's the question. I want to ask you, what do you expect from linebacker Rashawn Evans this upcoming season? But first, let me tell you guys about our friends at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. Guys, today at 4 o'clock Central Time, we'll be joined right here where you're watching by Dr. Jeff Watson to discuss the Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson foot surgeries from the Colts this week. 
The Colts have been through it. Their best player and their quarterback having similar foot surgeries. So we'll ask foot specialists from the Bone and Joint Institute, Dr. Jeff Watson, at 4 o'clock Central Time today about the rehab process. You know, How does this happen? Quentin Nelson was apparently born with this. How does this happen? Carson Wentz has had this injury for 10 years. So we'll talk all about that. But guys, trust the Bone and Joint Institute. Whenever you get hurt, someone you love gets hurt, know where to go to, know who to trust. And that's the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. I got bone spur in my foot. I got a bone I, I, spur in my shoulder. Right? A bone and joint may have take, probably will take out that bone spur, spur in my big toe. I wonder what the recovery time is compared, comparative. Uh, I'm sure you will, your recovery time will be quicker to shave off that bone spur than to remove a bone from your foot. It's a good question to ask the doc. I mean, we could ask him. We have a foot specialist, and so now not Rex Ryan, Bobby, but a foot specialist that actually will come on the show later on today. All right. So what uh go ahead, Zach. Well, I was just gonna say Bet MGM, code ATOZ Sports, they are our title sponsor. All right. So what do you expect from Rashawn Evans this season? It's a very open ended question. We wanted to see where you guys took it. So, Zach, I'll let you start. What do you expect? from linebacker Rashawn Evans this year? Less boneheaded penalties. Less boneheaded penalties. Middle linebacker, supposed to be leader of the defense, first-round selection, can't have boneheaded penalties like he did last year. Flags for holding, flags for late hits. It was just very weird, and he probably had three of those that I that have just come to mind. Right. And that gives – what does it do? Number one, automatic first down. Number two, the repercussion of number one, it extends a drive for an offense. I'd really like to go back and look to see how many of those penalties resulted in points, which you can't give points to the other team individually. It's kind of like what – I was very critical of Taylor Lewan early in his career, as Lewan knows, because he had boneheaded penalties. We knew that against Oakland years ago, uh, and that that lost them that game. So, you know, I, I think that's what I expect is that that's the easiest thing to fix, right? That, that's all mental. That that's not like a, a physical player trait. That's just a hey, keep your head in the game. And don't have boneheaded penalties. Right. So answers from you guys. Rob says it's put up or shut up time for Evans in a contract year. Cody says not much, to be honest. You know, that's that means you'll be looking for a new linebacker. Scott says opinion. Scott says to ball out. And if Rashawn Evans balls out, then you're probably looking for a new linebacker <laughs> because he'll price himself out. Omar says leadership. Uh Steven says a Corey Davis kind of season for Rashawn Evans. And then Ethan says to price himself out. Of a new contract, which is- I think go back to that last comment about Corey Davis. Oh, you want to? No, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna okay, do that to Corey. Let's see if you have the uh, self control and discipline to not go off on Corey Davis. I'm not gonna commit a boneheaded penalty right here. All right. I like that comment from Steven because, and, and again, you may think this is a knock, but Corey Davis has a ceiling, and he probably reached his ceiling last year of what it was. We'll find out what he is with the Jets. But we have to manage our expectations. Like, I don't think in one year Rashawn Evans is going to turn into the the next Luke Keekley, right? That's not going to happen. Nor did I ever think Corey Davis last year was going to turn into Calvin Johnson. 
So manage the expectation. Corey Davis had the best season of his career. Can Rashawn Evans have his best season of his career, mining that we're not going to compare his year to a Brian Urlacher type year or a Devin White type year? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Jason says, I expect his game to elevate with the addition of the D-line. Uh, Lane says, he better be that defensive leader slash captain. If not, ship him out uh, and go all in on Jayon. Look, I, because of how this defense is set up with Kevin Byard and with Jeffrey Simmons, who is a growing leader there, like you don't need Rashawn. Like you can only have two defensive captains. Does Rashawn Evan need to be a leader? Yes. Uh, just like most players need to be, most starters at that position need to be leaders. But he doesn't need to be the captain of the defense. Well, has that ship sailed? Uh, I mean, because they have quality captains around around him. Like it's Wasn't that, that what he was supposed to be, though? I mean, you draft, yeah, sure. But that doesn't mean that he's a failure because you have Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons who can be those captains. Uh, that Rashawn Evans doesn't have to be that. Rashawn Evans just needs to be a really good middle linebacker. Now. And to play well, yes. But that's why I say that ship has sailed, and that's unfortunate because, and you and I maybe think differently on what a first-round pick should be, and I think we do because we've gone over that over and over and over again. You draft a guy in the first round to lead, to be the guy, and Rashawn Evans, unfortunately, I think has shown that he doesn't have that type of standard. And I'm talking about great standard in him. I think he has leadership qualities in his personality. It's just, I think his play has not allowed him to be able to be that leader because when your play is subpar, it's hard to lead. Like remember the question about can non-starters be leaders? And they were talking about Dion Lewis, like Dion Lewis was a leader. Like Vrabel was like, yeah, Dion's a good leader for us. Yeah, but the guy doesn't do anything. Like, so how can your leader not do anything? Like, your leaders need to be good players. And Rashawn Evans last year was not a good enough player to be that level of leader. I think he's got the personality to do it. He just has to play better. So what I'm expecting from Rashawn Evans this year is more is better recognition for what he's seeing from the offense because I think that will just elevate his play. And maybe if he elevates his play, you get the trickle-down effect of not being frustrated, which being frustrated might lead to stupid penalties, which leads to points being scored on your defense for no reason. So I'm a, offensive recognition is what I, is what I want to see from Rashawn Evans because I think that's where it starts from. And then on top of that, Austin, maybe, and I don't like making excuses. Uh, that's not the guy I am. But maybe Rashawn Evans last year was affected by the dysfunction of what Shane Bowen and Mike Vrabel were. I think it's all connected. I think Kevin Byard uh, got kind of put in a bad spot for that as well. Um, I think several guys, yes, or many. Like Kevin Byard was having to deal with, you know, Jonathan Joseph and other players (laughs) at corner not lining up and being. Bless his heart. I don't know. I always think about, like, if I was Kevin Byard or a top guy on a defense and I got some guy getting run out of the gym, getting beat, playing 12 yards off the ball, I don't handle that very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Kevin Byard was very vocal um, last year during the season about 
how things were not going very well. Uh, and credit to him for doing that. Because and I think you Kevin, know why? Kevin Byard holds himself accountable. Yeah, that's yeah, why and, we respect and, him. And I think Kevin Byard is setting himself up to have a really, really solid season. Because guess who's next to him? Monty Hooker is next to him. Who's that's my guy? I think he's the, I think he's the most confident guy. I'm telling you, Monty Hooker breakout uh, season approaching. You know that I, that's the way it's looking right now. Christian Fulton, Jack Rabbit, the Breon Borders. Look, Breon Borders out here making plays, man. Like I. He is uh, like, but yeah, but, but that's practice. Like, I can't. Zach, does that? What are you asking Breon Borders to be your fourth corner at highest? And if your fourth corner at the highest is out here making plays and balling out in camp, that just gives you more confidence in your depth because the Titans didn't have any depth last year at corner because guys went down and got hurt, and then they had to get pull game guys off the street. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, so that that's my opinion of Evans is fix your recognition of what you're seeing the offense do. And hopefully that can be in lead to better, more disciplined play down the line. A to Z sports here live on this Wednesday. We still got throwing shade coming up and I'll be at practice uh, starting at nine 30 this morning. So make sure you're following all over social media practice notes from the last couple of days. Uh, one defensive guy who's really popped off in the fir- first week of practice and a veteran that I've been pleasantly surprised with. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They've got the Sonata like I drive. They've got the, the Santa Fe. They've got the Elantra. They have your perfect make and model, including the 2021 Hyundai Palisade, full-size SUV with third-row seating. they got captain seats, bucket seats, however you want to describe them, and the technology to help you out. And that's the best part about getting a new car is they have the technology like the Apple CarPlay. Android has, uh, Android has a CarPlay as well, where it's just ease. It's the ease of the transition. You are connected. In our lives, we carry our phones around. We want our cars to be connected with our phones. That is the Hyundai Palisade. Both Austin and I have test-driven that ride. You should test-drive it as well, whether it's for you or your family. Quick trip down I-40, exit 236. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up with a great deal on a great vehicle, including that 2021 Hyundai Palisade. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. BetMGM, download the app. Simply use that code ATOZ Sports and get a risk free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet. It's a great way to get your bankroll rolling with a risk free bet like BetMGM is giving you. So, again, that code ATOZ Sports when you download and make your first deposit, your risk free bet up to $600. All right, Zach, a couple of training camp notes. One guy that I was not expecting uh, to really be as solid as he was. Breon Borders had a good camp. I just kind of talked about that. But Tier Tart, man, is has come out of nowhere. And I mentioned one player who's popped off at practice, and I use pop for a reason because Teron Davenport has coined Tier Tart, Tart Pop-Tart. And so Tier Tart has played so well on the defensive line. He has changed his body, changed his conditioning, and that guy is winning snaps consistently against the first offensive line. And he's playing that nose tackle position. And so if you look at it, who is he beating? The nose tackles lining up against like Ben Jones, Nate Davis, and, and Roger Saffold. Tier Tart is getting penetration through the interior line of the Titans O-line. 
And that guy is explosive. He's quick. He is consistently getting in the backfield to disrupt. And so when you lose a guy like Daquan Jones, who was your nose tackle and played that very well, Daquan Jones costs $7 million a year. Tier Tart is an undrafted free agent going into his second year who is as cheap as it gets and is the perfect player to fill that nose tackle role and to be a and to be the third guy on a D-line with Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry. So Tier Tart has been outstanding so far in camp. And that entire defensive line yesterday, first day in pads, was dominant. And I'm not using that word lightly. They were dominant, that front three. Very impressive. Well, you know, Danico Autry has the, the pleasure of the last two years playing with DeForest Buckner and Jeffrey Simmons. That that helps, right? And now Tart, I think, is reaping the benefit of both, as you you mentioned. My, my question, I guess, to you, does this concern you based on, and I don't want to say this, but this is probably the year that Ben Jones is going to have to work his hardest because of just where he is in his career. Yeah, right? he's also in a, in a contract year too. You, you see what I'm saying? So that so kind of twofold. Is this concern you about Ben Jones? No, no, no. It it's, it's just Tart getting after. It's just Tier Tart is. I mean, look, he's a young, hungry player who's going out there to earn a job in camp, like. He's trying to earn a significant job on this defense. And Corey adds Lorel Murchison. Yeah, Lorel Murchison, the fifth-round pick from last year, has shown flashes too. And so now all of a sudden, I really like the top four, like, hand-in-the-dirt D linemen. I'm not talking about the outside linebackers, but the hand-in-the-dirt D linemen when it comes to Simmons, Autry, Tart, and Murchison, I really like those four guys. Really like them so far. And well, they've got some other guys that are, you know, the no name into the roster practice squad level guys that I think can hold their own if they need to be in there. But Tier Tart has popped off so far in camp. So let's, uh, this gives me a great opportunity to compare because, you know, what won the Super Bowl last year? Last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were able to hold Kansas City to nine points because they were able to disrupt Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of the guys that didn't get the credit, like Indomitian Sue and Vita Vea, who had come back from a broken ankle earlier in the season in Chicago, yeah. that helped JPP and Shaq Barrett on the edge. Can they emulate that and, and reap the same benefit on the outside of Harold Landry and Bud Dupree that finally they've got a good defensive line? Like, I don't know if it will be great, but on paper, heading into this year, as what you said, Harold Landry, Danico Autry, uh, Pop Tart, you've got Jeffrey Simmons, who is about to prime out, like yeah. prime, or, excuse me, prime in. And then you have Bud Dupree coming off of an ACL, who is a proven commodity. That right there on paper is a good defensive line. I think it has the potential to be a great defensive line, pending health and productivity. But you got to like that. That's something that the Titans have not had probably since, damn, J Javon Curse and Albert Hainsworth and those guys. And I'll say one more time, one more thing. I mentioned that one player who is surprised or has popped off, and that's Tier Tart, and then one surprising veteran that I've liked. 
John Simon's pretty good, man. Like John, like John Simon, veteran. He's thirty years old, outside linebacker. He's getting a lot of play right now because Bud Dupree is working on the third field on the uh, PUP list. But John Simon is making plays in coverage, and so many times we've talked about the Titans' outside linebackers in this three-four getting smoked when they're having to go down the field and cover. Uh, John Simon had a pick on the goal line of Woodside last year where he undercut a route, kind of came out of nowhere. Woodside thought he had a touchdown on the goal line. John Simon takes it, and then he has some speed to get away. He returned it about 40, 50 yards before he was running out of bounds after the interception. He made another nice play down the field covering a wheel route. Like I think John Simon looks to be the perfect veteran edge rusher who plays really hard and really technically sound that you need. And then Lee asked, how is Rashad Weaver? Rashad, because Bud Dupree is not there, Rashad Weaver looks different compared to the other outside linebackers. Like how Caleb Farley looks different from any other cornerback I've seen wearing a Titans helmet. And that's a, that's the fact. I was telling somebody this yesterday. Caleb Farley looks different than every other corner I've seen wear a Titans helmet. He's that big, long, strong. Well, fast. He's, he's in a safety's body. He looks, he doesn't, he's bigger than safeties, man. I, I, he towers over all the DBs, but he's also like long and quick and fast. So he's not like this big rocked up safety, well, like a Jonathan Cyprian, right? It's what makes Jalen Ramsey so good. Yes. Yes. And the Titans have never had that. They've always had the shorter guys that have been powerful. And Corey says ever Austin. Yes. Ever like that's that's how different Caleb Farley looks. Like he's a legit six two, and so when you're talking about Rashad Weaver, that guy's a legit six four, six five, like two fifty plus put together. And I, I really do like the look of Rashad Weaver. I don't know; it's hard to. It's been one day in pads, so we'll see how he continues to practice. But again, like I talked about with if Breon Borders is your fourth corner, then you're and he's playing as well as he is. That's pretty good. Rashad Weaver and John Simon being your third, fourth rusher, that makes me feel better behind Landry and Bud Dupree. That was a big part that we were questioning all offseason was how is going to be this pass rushing depth for the Titans that, let's just face it, in years past have needed pass rushing depth. <laughs> they're dropping Carol Landry back in coverage in AFC Championship game, and their two highest paid defensive pass rushers are not even – on the the playing roster late in the season last year, right? They need it, right? I mean that that's what happens through the course of a sixteen game schedule. Now you got a seventeen game schedule, so that that matters even more. Yeah, uh, Wyatt Ray is practicing uh, quite a bit just because Bud Dupree is not, and Harold Landry has been limited just because they're trying to build depth behind Harold Landry. So uh, again, this defense this defense is really rounding into form, like. Caleb Farley still has a decent way to go because he hasn't really done anything in team drills yet, and he will have a learning curve. But I like what I see from Jack Rabbit and Fulton and the two safeties, uh, and I, I really like what the front seven is shaping up to be. So, look, it's been a it's been a very defensive heavy show today, minus like five minutes of Julio Jones being a mythical creature. But yeah, I mean, this defense is I can tell is vastly improved from a personnel athletic standpoint than when it was a year ago. Well, we got to go El Rapido because uh, you got to get out to practice and see if Julio is going to be out there and some of the others, see if 
Caleb Farley's grown any any inches in you know overnight. But yeah, we got we got to get to the throwing shade segment, which is one of our best. But I think that we are aligned possibly in this yeah. throwing shade based on over the weekend. Throwing shade Nashville was an absolute disaster over the weekend. But first, let me tell you guys about Nashville's professional landlords, Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. Simply head to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse simply by renting out your property, creating extra cash flow, which means long-term equity and long-term wealth for you and your family. Or if you need to rent something, they've got an incredible inventory across the entire mid-state, any type of home, whether it's townhome, condo, apartment, uh, duplex, house, whatever it might be, Renters Warehouse has you covered. And from the rental standpoint, they do all of the work. You don't do any of the work. You hand it over to them and you make the money. That's how it works with RentersWarehouse.com. It is eSports. Uh, quick update in the NBA, if you care. Breaking, uh, Kimball Walker is now a New York Nick. So, I, I mean, I'm tracking free agency. The, the Lakers might as well. They need a couple more handicap spots in their parking lot of how old their roster is but i'll be betting on the nba on bet mgm code atoz sports users risk-free bet up to six hundred dollars with that promo code that's atoz sports all right jarvis says uh shade it takes austin two weeks to get some bubble gum i did my bubble gum yesterday uh I've fair got shade some- though yep absolutely fair shade uh dom says no shade all son of my end who's going to be there september 12th and look, Dom wants to get together an A to Z tailgate. And if you guys want to do that, you absolutely can. But we will have some news later on this month as the season approaches about what our game day coverage will look like this year. So stay tuned for that. Zach, I'll start you off with my shade because I, I kind of teased it pre-show that Saturday was a disaster in Nashville because of what was supposed to be the Garth Brooks concert. So I was in the Gulch. I live like three miles away from the Gulch. It cost me it cost me $45 to go home from the Gulch, and it took me 30 minutes to get a car to come pick me up. Then we were going to that 80s party I was telling you about, which was, an, was at an Airbnb in East Nashville. So then it takes another like 30 minutes to request a car to come get me, and then it cost me $60 to get to East Nashville, which is really like a 15-minute ride. And it was pouring down rain. We're sitting in this car. We're approaching our destination. I look over at my wife. I'm like, I'm kind of warm. Like, I, like I'm talking quiet because I don't want to like be awkward. I'm like, it's kind of hot in here. Like, and I look up through the middle of the driver's seat and the, and the passenger seat. Look at this. Can you see this? <laughs> it was July 31st. <laughs> July 31st and dude had the heat cranked all the way up and like you can't see the fan on it but like the fan motor was blowing too man it was hot it was hot as hell in there on July 31st and you know he was a young driver he was probably my age and here's this is a kind of a double shade because I throw shade on that guy for having the heat cranked up on July 31st, all the way, 
And then shade on me because I didn't realize my flash was on when I took the picture. <laughs> and he was like, and then I tried to play it off was, oh man, didn't mean to do that. Oh, what this silly phone? <laughs> <laughs> this silly phone. That's a uh, smartphone, Bob. That ain't oh, no silly I know, phone. <laughs> I know, but I was like, oh man, I didn't, what the heck? I what did my phone do? Oh my gosh. But like, what in the world? That's funny. the heat was all the way up and it was hot in there. And it was, I don't know. I don't understand it. I've never seen that. Never <laughs> seen that before. That's funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> Good shade. It was hotter than Titans practice in that bitch. <laughs> I mean, I, so I, my, my shade goes to, I guess it's mother nature because I had to stand with 70,000 people and not watch. I, I, I was going to the Garth Brooks concert and I didn't see a thing. I never saw Garth. <laughs> never, <laughs> never once saw a hat. Never once saw uh, all the thunder rolled, but he wasn't singing that. And I'll tell you, um, the Garth Brook fan base. <laughs> uh, when you get them soaking wet and underneath, like the uh, the structure of Nissan Concord. Stadium, there's some uh, crazy things that go on. Uh, I mean. Two people were hardcore making out. I'm talking like getting after it while it's pouring down rain and everybody's like huddled up. You're all being, you're all thinking the same thing. Corona is thriving right now, right? That was what we were all thinking. <laughs> That's because all the beer that was sold, right? Yeah, well, yeah, beer was beer was sold, and you know you're spending eleven bucks to sit around. I mean, I probably. I spent quite a bit of money just to not see music. And, but then I got, you know, these two creatures over here, you know, twirling tongues and he's grabbing, he's grabbing her butt and like, they're going after it. And we're just kind of like, I mean, you're starting to look at others that see and notice this mind Florida state guy. Cause he was repping the Seminoles and I were sitting there and you're kind of like, okay, like enough, like enough. And so, uh, my shade is on some of that crowd and you get them wet, right? You ever got, you know, it's like a, uh, you, your dog goes out in the, the rain and it comes back inside. Yeah, Not a dog. good scene. Wet dog, wet, wet Garth Brooks fan. Yeah. You had wet humans everywhere. Some people scared because of the thunder and the lightning. So, uh, my shade was on that entire situation. And then to, to wrap up. The rumors start to swirl after they cancel or postpone it that it's going to be rescheduled to the next night, Sunday night. And everybody's like, we don't want that. We got to work on Monday. Like, <laughs> I'm drunk now. I like, I don't want to do that tomorrow. And so luckily they postponed it to uh, another another day. But just you had to when is it? We, they don't know yet. Oh, just later on. We'll tell you. Just check your emails. <laughs> right. And so who knows what's going to happen there. All right, Ethan, real quick, says, shade on the rumors that Clemson and Florida State are interest, interested in joining the SEC. Yeah, it's going to be a wacky uh, fall for the Well, they came football. out, the, I mean, believe them or not, yeah. uh, they did come out and deny that claim that they right. contacted the SEC. Florida State did, at least. So, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? All right, guys, hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. I got to roll. Titans practice starts in 20 minutes, so I'll be out there. Make sure you're following us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Every YouTube, everything. Make sure you're following there. We'll see you guys later on. Have a good one. Use that silly phone. Adios. Yeah.